Hello viewers. The time is 12.40 p.m. This is National Public Radio. I'm Lou Sessa. I'm Jamie Z. And next up is Trash South Street. Anyway, uh, Trash Trash Street, it's 422! Woo! Which means we take some children's Tylenol. Yes. And, and baby aspirin. Baby aspirin and Vicks Vapor Rub. Mm-hmm. I'm Lou. I'm Jamie Z. And yeah. Trash South Street. Trash South Street. What's going on? What's new? Um, How was your 420? Uneventful. Uh, as of this recording, the last podcast we did is still not finished, so I edited audio. And uh, I was gonna go see a movie. Which movie? The one I saw. Yeah, the one you saw. But I was too tired. I should have texted you. It started at ten, but and it didn't really start getting. uh, So anyway, the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville they ran um, Decline of Western Civilization, which is uh, 1980s, uh, 1979, 1980, 1981, something like that. L.A. punk scene, uh, classic documentary by Penelope Spheres. Yes. Who did a ton of other stuff. She was actually a writer for Roseanne at one point in time. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little late past your bedtime, so I didn't text you. I wasn't even sure I was going to go until Mark was like, like I'm going to do that race. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go yeah. out. So um, I got there a little before 10, and pretty much there was, they had like a, Tony was doing a, the guy who um, put it on his Tony cadaver whom we both worked with, mm-hmm. and he runs the punk rock flea market in Phoenixville, and he does a really good job. When I walked in, all I saw was him and Dez, and they're like, take some free pins. But I guess he was DJing, and they had like a bunch of beer, and um, Scott Derby was doing a print. Yeah, I saw his print. It was pretty neat. So the Colonial actually thanked us for... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we uh, did a little uh, share on Facebook for it, so that was cool. I don't know who runs their Colonial page, but they like a lot of the main people will know who I am anyway, so... Because I'm pretty special. Well, at one point... I'm special. So... <laughs> so special. Stop it. Your band, speaking of listening, the anger in that last podcast, your band from referencing Chrissy Hine for the Got next five years. In pocket. I think we, we had seen the, the one, 1980s blob. Yeah. Yes, and I did. had answered a question, and I was... I'm a pretty cool guy, folks. I was wearing a Rush t-shirt. Yes. And they actually made a joke about it. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. Anyway, so okay, uh, how the movie? Good? I mean, I've seen it before. It, it wasn't 35mm. It was DVD. I have free member passes because I just don't go to the movies there as much. So I pretty much went for free. Yeah. But it, it was fun. I actually didn't stay the whole time because I was just tired and it got to like Alice Bag. And I know Fear, I believe it ends on Fear, like yeah. leaving, talking, but I think it's literally three minutes of Fear. So... Mm-hmm. I think I left around like 11.35, 11.40, and then just went home and went to bed. Well, I don't mind missing it now that I know it wasn't on 35 No, it wasn't. But I was really, like at the time, like Friday, I was literally sitting on my couch watching Lost in Space, which we'll talk about next time. Cool. Exhausted, and I kept like, was debating with myself. And I hit a point where I'm like, fuck it, this isn't going to happen. I think I will see Sleepaway Camp, though. They're, that's um, the, their Friday Fright Night in June. So uh, I think Hell Motel is this month, but I had, like, literally that first weekend of May, I'm 
have so much shit going on. I can't. I yeah. can't do it. I have like two concerts of Victor's end of school something, and yeah. then I have my final. So I have a lot of shit. Coat hangers are playing the Electro Factory. Yeah, Saturday, minus the bear. Yeah. And I really want to go, but I know if I buy tickets, I'm going to be too sleepy. Well, at least they're not headlining where... That's where they play in the Electric Factory. Yeah. See, I went and saw Minus the Bear by myself. Dennis Lixon, the guy that... Uh, lead singer of um, The Refused, International Noise Conspiracy. He had like this... He has this kind of 80s, new wave-ish band called uh, Invasion. And they were opening for Minus the Bear. And I went by myself and it was actually fine. Yeah. And Minus the Bear, I listened to maybe like five songs. And I'm like, this is weird. And then I just... I feel Left. like I get more fucking spam for Minus the Bear than anything ever. Yeah, they're they're different. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. Yeah. People who are into Minus the Bear are super into it. Yeah, I noticed. They're all dressed like, like furries, kind of. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Wait, why is that weird? <laughs> Shut up. Guess let's start talking to the music. Yeah, the music stuff. There's a lot of stuff out lately. Yeah. And so a lot little of stuff time, coming so out. lots of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Really quickly, well, quickly for us. Mm-hmm. I've alluded to this a couple of times. Screaming Females came up with an album. Yes. The name eludes me at the moment. Oh, shit. What's it called? I forget. I uh, looked. Um, it doesn't matter. My brother will tell you about it. My brother is a really big Screamales fan. I had him review the album. I have not listened to his review yet, but I do have a few comments to make as Jamie looks up the name of this album that I can't remember. It's coming. I'll make you no no. We'll see how that diagenic music comes through. So this is a very different album than their previous albums, and it's a really weird thing. That's what I gathered from the little I've listened. I was like, this sound sounds a little um. Not, not bad whatsoever, but just a little softer, maybe? Yeah. Uh, okay. It's like, when, a, especially when a band is sort of defined by just a certain sound, mm-hmm. um, and then they switch up, it could go either way. Um, I compared that, that this album is to Rose Mountain. All at once. All at once. Yes. All at once is to Rose Mountain as It's Bliss, Blitz is to Fever to Tell. Okay. Only I like this album more than me or pretty much anyone in my circle. I don't mm-hmm. know how you felt about that new It's Blitz. I actually liked it. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's, I, it's, but it's a totally different it's style. Totally, I really fell off. And it's always a weird thing, like I said. I think next week or next time we record when um, Speedy Ortiz, they seem to be heading in a similar direction. Yeah. There are a lot of bands that doesn't work. Um, Sleigh Bells. Yeah. It was a big one. Bird and the Bee is another one where they just changed their fundamental sound. And it's like they weren't special anymore. Mm-hmm. So my favorite song was Chamber for Sleep, uh, yeah. Parts 1 and Do. And I, know, d- I like the second one better than the first yeah. one. But. but Chamber to Sleep is probably most... The, the, song, the songs that sound most like... Their original sound. Their original stuff. So. Okay. Anyway, here's Matthew with his opinion. Cool. This is Matt, uh, official Trath-Shouth Street uh, Screaming Females correspondent to report on the Screaming Females' most recent release, All at Once, 
which is their seventh studio album, if you can believe, uh, for such a band that's only been around about a decade. They have a fairly prolific output and uh, pretty impressive, in my opinion. Screaming Females are my favorite band, which I've mentioned before, and I was really looking forward to this new album. The advanced information about the album was that it was going to be very ambitious, very experimental for them, and should be approached like a uh, an art salon. So disparate factors, but placed together in a meaningful way where you're supposed to come away with a complete sense of something from many elements. And they deliver on that. There are many new elements to Screaming Females for this record. There's uh, lots of new instrumentation they they use organ they use xylophone they use different percussion and backing vocals things they haven't done before and there's some new sound influences they haven't had before i think immediately you notice uh like a early 80s um, goth or, or no wave sounds and then lots of uh, early indie rock and proto indie rock and power pop sounds throughout the rest of the album and and maybe even straying into some like metal even like kind of like a faith no more style late 80s early 90s indie metal uh which which mixed up is is interesting and unique for them uh to talk about specific tracks on the album that no wave sound goth sound kind of opens the album and takes a turn. So with an album with a lot of different sounds on it, uh, as you would expect, there's not one unifying sound, which is actually something I would say is typical of Screaming Females on their previous records, but the album actually seems to transition from sound to sound. The, the no wave sound uh, is, is present in the beginning of the album. It kind of devolves into the more um, abstract, percussion-driven, detached vocal sounds, and then picks up with that that pop sensibility, early indie rock influences. To tell you the truth, this album was a lot for me to wrap my head around, and I, I, I didn't know what I thought about it at first, which is not strange for, for a Screaming Females album. I think they usually take a few listens. I, I wasn't prepared to say that I was super into this album and I didn't know why. And, and then it hit me that I think this is the first time I would call a Screaming Females album intellectual. Up until this point, I think they're a very visceral sounding band and which is probably the, the biggest reason why people might call them a punk band. They don't sound like a punk band, but they make very visceral music and so they get called a punk band because there's no real label for what they were. Uh, this is a definite transition for them into being having an intellectual approach. There are um, uh, overt references to art, fine art on this album. Agnes Martin, which is the fifth track, she's a fine artist. And Bird in Flight is a reference to a specific series of uh, artwork. And I think a lot of this album is about the relationship of art to the viewer, especially in times when you're maybe looking for solace, because a great other part of this album, or I'd say the other great theme of this album is an uncomfortable relationship with power. Uh, so if I was going to tell you the story of this album, I would say that person struggling with the relation to power 
uh, looks for ways to be comforted, and art is one of the things that they think about while they're doing that. That's really ambitious, but it also, for me, can be a little unapproachable. And I think my biggest criticism of this album is that I, I've experienced Screaming Females as a visceral band, and I was a little alienated by this intellectual approach. And I don't have a fine art background. I'm a, a, a bit of a ham-fisted asshole. So I just kind of want to hear punk songs sometimes. And I do miss the louder elements, but I admire the more refined elements. Um, Marissa Paternoster's voice is, uh, is beautiful on this album. It's probably the best she's ever been uh, recorded or the, the most effort she's ever uh, put into achieving uh, a certain vocal sound. Uh, her, her vocals early and early screaming females are almost redacted and um, she's grown into them as the albums have gone on. And, and this album is, is more of a vocal album even than uh, the last album, Rose Mountain, which was an extremely pretty sounding album. As always, a lot of virtuosity on the albums. She's very skilled musicians and uh, it sounds great. Uh, is recorded very well. They they take a lot of care in that too. But like I said, for 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 me, it's ultimately not as satisfying as having a, a kind of a big chunk of a visceral songs. Um, it's kind of ironic because I think a lot of times people say when something is simple, it really needs to be perfect. In this case, I think the more complex elements of this album they really need to move in perfect sync with each other to work and i i don't think that that's achieved to the greatest effect individually i think a lot of these songs are great but in context i i don't it doesn't land for me the same way that some of the other albums have landed so and i think more than other bands screaming females are a band about context i would suggest that if you haven't seen them live you don't necessarily get them in their full breadth even when recorded and i think a lot of their other albums are meant to be considered as albums and this one's certainly meant to be considered as an album but i just think that context is super important for them my favorite songs on the album i would say um i'll make you sorry is a really great album that's one of their one of their uh, was one of their singles you can watch a video for that uh, my favorite song or songs is uh, chamber for sleep, part one and two. I don't know, is the what's the plural for that? Is it chambers for sleep, or chamber for sleeps? But in any case, it's a two-part song. I think that's the best song on the album. Um, it has that that very strong, like I said, early indie rock influence. But it's I think the least restrained and the least intellectual. I, I think they sound the most like themselves on this album. And also the subject matter, there's a lot of I pronouns in that song. And I, I don't think that that I pronoun mentality is on the rest of this album. I think a lot of the songs on this album are meant to be meditations on a group dynamic and uh, you know, audience and artist, um, some of them explicitly. The last song on the album, Step Outside, is she's singing about the people she's singing to. I mean, that's very, uh, that's very meta. Uh, but I, I, I think all their earlier work was more dominated by the, the single point of view perspective. And I, I think this album is, is much more of a zeitgeist album. And that's also another reason why I couldn't connect with this album in the same way, because I'm not a zeitgeist guy. I'm an individual person, and I like to consider the world 
through my individual point of view, but then that's also how I have solace in these kind of crazy times, uh, which also, when they started writing this album, writing an album about the crazy times of the times, that was very fresh, And but now we're a year and change after the kind of big sea change events in this country, and and there's been a lot said about it, and so it's hard to land with the same resonance. There's, a, I think, experimentally, some of their stuff really works. I think Drop by Drop is an al- a song they couldn't have made up until this point, and I think it sounds uh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't think any of it is for naught. I think this is the strange case of when the some of the parts are uh, greater than the whole, uh, and I think usually you think of things in that opposite uh, term. But that's really my own specific history with this band and having started at the beginning and come through till now. I think somebody hearing this album as the first Screaming Females album they've ever heard and the second Screaming Females album uh, they've ever heard, I think they would really enjoy it. I think it's a, uh, I don't think they would have the greatest consideration for the, the milieu, the whole discography of the Screaming Females, but that's okay because... You know, I mean, our own disappointments are frequently a a factor of our expectations. So that's a life lesson. And uh, maybe I wasn't ready for this album, and maybe this album wasn't ready for me. So that's okay. I'm not upset about it. That's just something to think about. And would I recommend this album to somebody else? I would always recommend an album to somebody else because it's not going to give you cancer. It's music. You can spend a little, you have time, you have an hour, you can listen to it. It's not going to balance your checkbook either, though. So but maybe you'll take something away from it, which is a good thing. And if you listen to it and you don't like it, that's also a really good thing, too, because there's a lot of lessons and disappointment. So that's what I had to say about this album, and uh, I hope you'll listen to it or not. I'm going to keep listening to it, and I bet my opinions of it change, and I... Uh, I bet I have more to say about it when nobody cares to listen and uh, say a lot. So that's Matt Sessa with his review of Screaming Females all at once. Wow, I didn't think he'd endorse the Nazi party in his review. How odd. Anyway. I, I think you're fibbing. Mm. Thank you, Matthew. I, yes, thank you, Matthew. That's like a, how Karina Longworth, when she says like... And she's like, I'm Alfred Hitchcock. That's the best one. She's oh, I'm an old man. No, I was thinking she's done a couple for MGM stories. Yeah. She did like, <laughs> she had like readers call in and then she'd be like, thank you, Matthew. Like really almost like a robot was doing it. I so, like when she'd do Boris Karloff's voice and stuff. Uh, she'd be yeah. like, or not Boris Karloff, um... Yeah. Lagosi, which is, I'm Bella Lagosi, yeah. and I'm a beautiful man, and I will do heroin because yeah. of my belly. I don't I forget what yeah. I was doing. Anyway. So, Screaming Females. The Screamers, yes. So, what do you got? War on Women, Capture the Flag. Mm. Speaking of um, changing up styles. Yeah. This is their second out on Bridge Nine. Came out April, which is this month, but it will probably be May by the time we get this out. Yeah. They're out of Baltimore, and they're a five-piece. As I said, this is their second full-length. Um, they're a hardcore punk band, and their lead vocalist is Shawnee. Shawnee? Shauna? Shawnee? Shawnee Potter? Mm. <laughs> I'm probably... So anyway, this is a, um, a change-up in sound. I don't know mm. if you ever listened to their first self-titled one. It's a lot more punk and alt-rock. And apparently, I've read a bunch of interviews. I do really like War on Women. I... I 
like a lot what they do. Um, they have a bunch of interviews out. One was in like All Noisy. I think one was in um, New, Noise Ma- <clears throat> New Noise Magazine. And apparently she wanted to kind of soften the style to a point to make... She didn't want hardcore music to be scary and a turnoff to people to her message. All right. And so she kind of um, wanted it more like listener friendly. Mm-hmm. And I get what she's saying. And But to be yeah. honest, I think it works well. Like, have nothing against this album. I think it's fantastic. As I said, it's it's very political, very feminist. There's just a lot of... Uh, a lot of politics and social stuff going on and um she kind of does it in a good catchy way as i said if you didn't if you listen to the first album she's like everyone scream i was raped like it's like very in your face i feel like i have heard that album and i just it's good it's a lot harder and it's as i said more it's not on the nose as much as this one it's kind of as i said just in your face my vagina yeah (laughs) so as i said she yeah she turned down the sound it's still pretty heavy and she's singing instead of screaming more. Um, I think it kind of turns a little heavier halfway through the album. Nevertheless, I like the whole thing. First starts with Lone Wolves, and that's about gun control and school shootings. And I think just the way, um, just the lyrics and just what she said, like, it's it's not like, ban the guns! And like, it's done creatively and catchy, and I, I, I like it. Silence is a gift is uh, that never be a quiet woman. I, I like I that song. I was thinking it's like her silent all these years. Yeah, it kind of does remind the me. punk version. <laughs> and obviously about femininity and just, um, you know, don't change the person who you are for uh, anybody, a yeah. man or a woman, whatever. Probably my one of my favorite songs on the album is Pleasure in the Beast. Um, and that's more like Don't Let Run Define You. Um, that one's. Did you read the listen to? Like, I heard the like, first line. I was like, I gave my first first blow, blow job. Yeah. yeah, and then she like bleeds on the bed, and like yeah. she feels bad that the mom might find out. Yeah. So she they gotta wash the sheets, and it's a uh, it's interesting. But mm-hmm. I didn't catch the blow job part at first, and then I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Very good song. Violence of bureaucracy. That's when it starts turning a little heavier, and that's a good song. I think the song right after that, maybe it's childbirth or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like what she's like. I don't know. I just like the whole song. It's really hard. That was kind my of like, favorite song on the album. Kind of mocking, and you could just tell she's just seething with anger. Yeah, it is the angry. I would say it's 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 very short. Yeah. It's like a minute and change. It is very angry. Yeah. And it's like it's really good. I mean. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, the baby's like. Wee. I was like, oh. But yeah, I just like when she's. I forget exactly what she's saying. Divisive shit is a good song. Another one on the heavier side. Women's rights. Uh, cool song. Very angry. I think it might be about abortion. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. I might be. Little, yeah, I'm might, thinking. Of yeah, I don't know. Reading into it. Uh, Predator in chief. Yeah, I wonder what that one's about. It I really know. bugged me a lot. I was like, hmm. Well, who's our president? Oh, Donald Trump. No, it can't be about Donald Trump. No, it can't be. Obviously, it's yeah. about sexual harassment. Trump mm-hmm. punching Nazis. One of their um, flags is just like kind of the don't tread on me snake. And then it says, don't grab my pussy. That's like one of their flags. Yeah. I like the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, touch me. Yeah. Fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. It's pretty good. Good song. I, I don't think Trump raped anybody, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. He grabbed that pussy. He's grabbing pussy. Or not, so he said, but. Not saying that's a. Uh, I would say the, the ultimate right turn is because he said it. I don't know <laughs> that we can believe him. Yeah. Y D T M H L. TL. I think it's like, uh, what do you... I forget. All right, go. Well, yeah, I was trying to figure it out and I give up. It's the, whatever they're, they're screaming in the chorus. Kind of, oh, uh, you don't tell me how to live. That's what uh, it stands for. 
I did write it down. All about like do- double standards of society, yeah. femininity, obviously. And you know who um, does uh, some guest vocals on that? It was a, I know from looking at your Kathleen notes. Kathleen Hanna and Joanna Angel, the adult film star. Oh, nice. Supposedly was in a couple. There's two other uh, uh, ladies that I saw. I they didn't click to who they were and I didn't get a chance to look them up. So anyway, this whole album I think is fantastic. As I said, it has a lot of women's rights. It's not, I don't think it's like, you have a dirty, dirty penis and get it away. I don't think it's that territory. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of... Uh, just. Embracing your femininity mm-hmm. and just just being yourself, and that that's how I say it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's like you know, as I said, dirty, dirty winger, yeah. wing wang. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Ju- Julie Bruin, and obviously Bikini Kill. What yeah. just as, as she said it, almost make it more accessible and mm-hmm. more punk. It's definitely a lot more punk than hardcore. Yeah. It came with like this sixteen-page workbook. I didn't get that. I pre-ordered it. I just got the two different vinyl uh, colors, which are fantastic and pretty mm-hmm. cool. But I did not get the workbook. And it's just, she just really just wants to change the subculture and just, you know, fight for what everyone's been kind of fighting for. Yeah. Women-wise, like with the whole Me Too movement and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And yeah, I like it. I, it's, I've been rocking it. It might be one of like my top uh, five, ten of the, five or ten mm-hmm. of the year so far. So, Well, well frankly... I don't know what these girls are complaining about. None of this has ever happened to me. Kidding! There was uh, on face, Facebook or um, Instagram, and someone was like, dude, I don't understand why I gotta be, not made fun of, or be critically looked at because some girl is at the gym doing squats and I'm not allowed to look at her. Like, hmm. and they're, it, was, it was just like, you're getting the wrong message. It's yeah. like, no, it's okay to like look at someone. Just don't be a fucking perv and yeah. an asshole. Like about don't, don't have like a bicycle helmet and walk around the mall filming two girls. <laughs> yeah, that type of thing. No, so I yeah, I love this album. It's kind of it's in my wheelhouse. Definitely, I thought you would like it. Um, it's really good. Like a lot of that stuff, I like like the punky feminist mm-hmm. stuff. You add the qualifier pop in front of it. Yeah, and this is not pop punk no. by any means. No, I really liked it a lot. It's um. So Childbirth was my favorite song. Uh, Divisive Shit was another one. Dick Picks. Yeah, Dick Picks is funny. And while we don't know that Trump raped anybody, <laughs> he probably did. In the 80s. And the... Uh, well, I think he said his Vietnam was not getting an STD in, uh, in college. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this. Really so good. War on Women captured the flag. I like, I've been listening to it, uh, I listened to it twice today working out. I did too. I, um, was, uh, I went to the gym and I... Boxed for about 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and then I ran two miles, and then uh, came home, showered, and oh. shit showered, shaved, ate some mm-hmm. lunch, came up here. I ran and then had to interrupt my run because I had to make a poopy, mm. um, which is how a lot of my runs seem to get interrupted lately. Yeah, my stomach's been not the greatest. Yeah, flaxseed. I don't know. So if anyone out there has ever had yes. flaxseed uh, yogurt, mm-hmm. um, and they've had digestive problems, I started kind of going slightly paleo. So I haven't. I gave mm. up regular milk. I've been drinking almond milk, and I really don't drink milk anyway. It's more or less milk in my cereal, so I'm not having mm-hmm. a lot of it. But I used to eat uh, like a yogurt every other day. I used to do Greek yogurt. Um, so I changed to flaxseed. It's like soy free. It's dairy free. And I thought it tastes pretty decent. And then I like I've started getting the shits a little bit. Like you gotta cut out those romaine smoothies you've been drinking. <laughs> yeah, well, that could be it too. The Yuma special, three ten to Yuma. <sighs> oh, that's um, brilliant. All right. So anyway, if anyone has any um, uh, answers about flaxseed, if they mess their insides up. Yeah. You know, it's either that I do, yeah, like you weren't kidding, and a lot of people I did read got a stomach bug. Like my stomach, stomach's still a little bit screwy mm-hmm. right now, so. 
I actually been throwing up the X's. I haven't drank in like a week. Yeah. So that's why I made you sit in the wood chair, not the clock chair, just in case. <laughs> just in case. Um, I have, in fact, at one point, uh, sold myself on this chair that I'm sitting uh, in. And that's why the kitty was. She likes it. Smells like cookies. <laughs> the other King Tough. Yes. This is uh, came out April this year. Sub Pop Records. Mm-hmm. I believe this is the fourth or fifth album. Yeah. And it's basically. Like we talked about uh, Vox Low the last time. Yeah, yeah. This is it's a similar situation that this is a fucking, as my brother calls it, coked out rock album. Yeah, it I is see a that. pure seventies psychedelic album, mm-hmm. heavy funk. Right when things were either starting to turn to disco or everything was being influenced by disco. Yeah, definitely. The uh, the epitomous King Tough wrote this album, sort of coming out of. Um, a lot of this was inspired by things he was going through after touring his last album, Black Moon Spell, when he was just really burnt out and he was sort of going through an existential crisis, which lyrically seems to follow through most of the album. Mm-hmm. I like that on um, the YouTube that they had the lyrics yeah, right there. Yeah, which is good. And mm-hmm. I use the lyrics a lot for this one yeah. because you know some, it becomes hard to follow. Me too, yeah. The first song is a ballad, The Other. Every <laughs> Not that kind of bad. Oh, okay. And that refers to sort of, um, it is it's sort of, the other actually refers to the King Tough persona, mm-hmm. which I guess was sort of like uh, the Kyle Richards or whatever his name is, was talking about the character of King Tough and because they were so different, he's like, I'm sort of going through this weird reverse rock crisis because I don't actually do drugs or drink, even though the... <laughs> You would think. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you. Would I, I did not know that about him. You I would have bet thought he was, was actively doing drugs on stage. Yes. Every concert. Yes. And from there we get into Raindrop Blues, which brings the funk mm-hmm. and oh so much funk, funky guitars, like really fakey, fucked up synthesizers, yeah. which I love. Raindrop Blues is a '70s love song, mm-hmm. and this album actually helped me quantify what that is. Okay. A '60s love song. Or 50s for that matter is, you know, boy meets girl and they start dating. Mm-hmm. 70s love song is basically how great a woman is. Okay. And that greatness is directly proportional to the amount of fucking they do. Because mm-hmm. every every 70s love song has a strong implication of physicality of some sort. It's like, you're so fine, I'll bet when we bone it's going to be awesome. And there's that subtext there. And it's this combination of female worship okay. and just like... Physical. What about physical. Super Tramp? Goodbye, Stranger. Is that a- exactly? <laughs> I don't know that war on women would be pleased by this. <laughs> but no, a lot of that is. I mean, or just leaving, or how devastated you are. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot more. There's a bit more sleaze mm-hmm. um, implicit in all these '70s themes. Raindrop Blues, um, Infinite Mile is another '70s love mm-hmm. song. The harmonica is fucking awesome in that. Um, is there another blues song? Like bluesy song? Blue, no, with blues or blue in the title of it. I don't think so. So maybe it was Rain Drop Blues. Yeah. I didn't write down. I listened to it last night. Yeah. I didn't write down my favorite song. But... Um, Psycho Star. I did listen to Psycho yeah, Star. Yeah, I like it. It's somewhere between just musing on the infinite majesty of the galaxy and just weed talk. I, I felt like I should be smoking weed. If, yeah, if well, I a lot of these songs it. I felt like I should be doing some sort of drug. Yeah. Circuits in the Stand, Bob Dylan's song about technology. <laughs> it's sort of about the lack of permanence everything will have except for, of course, in the end, the circuits in the sand. Yes. And that's a lot of these songs are about sort of existentialism or the death of self. Yeah, it was out there. Ultraviolet. 
is basically was it based a, on the movie. I was say, yeah, I was like, this song is not about vampires. <laughs> it's basically a country song viewed through a kaleidoscope is the best way I could describe that. And then finally, ending in Never Ending Sunshine. Okay, I did which listen is, to that. I like, um, it's good. All the rattlesnakes are sweating. And that seems to be about the afterlife, real or imagined. And that's it. It's sort of trying to figure out your place in the world, the whole thing. Musings on reality and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I liked it. So I listened to this album three times. Okay. First time, it was like a little too much to take in. That's kind of how it was for me. Like, um, there were songs I liked, but it was like a little, a little too much. The second time, I was really into it. And then the third time, it sort of, I noticed it starts starts to fall off a bit in the last four songs. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite Nemus Split, but after Infinite Mile. How many songs were on the album? I believe ten. Okay. So that was it. It was good. It's like something, it's an occasional listening. It would be a good song to own on vinyl. Mm. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I liked it. It was a lot, it was very different, very funky, very like, as I said, like, listening to it, I was like, dude, I'm trying not to drink or do anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, t- and then, like, his other stuff does not quite sound like that. It's I more. was surprised at the sound, to be honest. I'm yeah. like, is this the right King Top? It is. Like, the album cover mm-hmm. is sort of, like, it looks like it was aged, like yeah. a 70s age. Yeah, he, it's cool, he though. set out to do something and he did it, and I did enjoy it. Um, I got... So there's another change up of sound again. Yeah, yeah, unlike some of the, like, and it also suffers from the, uh, we'll call it the slow turtle syndrome, because there's a lot of great stuff that yeah. you and I chose this week. And, uh, yeah, King Tough, if you like, if you want to do uh, Quaaludes <laughs> and Coke, listen to this album. Yeah, smoke some catnip and so some, shoot some... Do some glint. Yeah, some glint. Do some glint and put on some bell bottoms <laughs> and engage in some afternoon delight. Yes. Speaking of afternoon delight, <laughs> New Heart, Feel the Change, a straight-edge hardcore band out of Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Annapolis. I have trouble saying. I mean, as I said, Straight Edge, Youth Crew, Hardcore, out on Blood and Ink Records. Came out April. I did not send this to Lou because I know Lou's not into Straight for Youth Crew Hardcore, which would just be kind of a waste of time for him. I'm sure you should see all my t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. I listened to them. I kind of stumbled across them, maybe on Bandcamp or whatever. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, I kind of like it. If you like Youth of Today, that type of stuff, you will like New Heart. They do vocal, dual vocals at a time, and I'm always a sucker for that in hardcore bands from Indianapolis. This is their first full length. They, I believe they changed their singer. They had like a couple EPs out, and then they went with a new singer. I don't know what happened. I didn't. It's hard when you put in New Heart on a uh, search. It doesn't really help much, yeah. even when you put on band, because it's like New Heart Band. Yeah. My favorite song on the album is Circle of Abuse. Fun, straight up, as I said, straight edge, youth crew, dual vocals, fun, yummy, yummy. Uh, no More Hate, guess what that's about? Uh, is it about? <laughs> Anti-racism. Hate? It's Aww. good. It's a good song. Really like it. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say, I thought you would get a kick out of their intro, okay? They're like, New Heart Crew. And I keep thinking Bob Newhart in my head. Yeah, I can't oh, help yeah, it. Like it says, New Heart Crew. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, I'm running to it. It's 20, yeah. 20 minutes long, so it's perfect if you want a little workout, because it does yeah. pump you up. Unity, another good song. That song like makes me want to run faster. It, yeah. I could imagine them just like putting on a great stage performance because you listen to it. There's so much energy and aggression, and like even in the song, he's like, going. You can imagine him like putting his finger in the air like a circle pit, like get this fucking circle pit ready to go. I don't know. I I I liked it. I would love to see them live. As I said, they're fun, aggressive, and if that appeals to you, go check it out. As I said, it's only 20 minutes. I liked it. Good stuff. Yeah. 
I'm sure I was nodding my head through the whole uh, conversation. <laughs> oh, another thing, the one band Breakaway, I really like who I'm seeing tonight. The, the one guy, did I write down his name? But one of the guys from Breakaway does guest vocals on Total Refusal. There's a, there's a few guys I, I recognize uh, their names, but a lot of like straight edge Richmond bands uh, were doing the the backup crew vocals. But uh, yeah, New Heart feel the change. And if you listen to the intro and you hear New Heart Crew, just it's imagine. about the show. And then Which I was thinking, one? like, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. Yeah. You, do you, when you think of New Heart, do you think of when he owned the inn or the, the hotel or when the one where he was a psychiatrist? I honestly don't remember what he did. Because there's two shows, that's why. I remember Daryl, Daryl. So that's Darryl. the one with where he was the, they own, like, a hotel in Vermont or something. Okay. So that's the one I think of, too, but I was just curious. I don't know. Because he was at another New Heart show where he was... Yeah. And that's the end of the second New Heart show. Yes. He wakes up and it was a dream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because New Heart from the first show. Mm-hmm. And he tells his wife, who I think was the same wife in both. Yeah. I he, remember the end of it. it was he's like, like you thing. need to wear more sweaters. <laughs> anyway. So New Heart Crew. If you like youth core, youth crew, hardcore, straight edge, that's fun and aggressive and awesome. Mm. Check it out. Yeah. New Heart. Hey. Hey. Scavenger, am I right? Uh, am I right? Am I right? So, um, this is Scavenger, the album Cliff Manor. This came out the 17th of April. Self-released. Okay. Now, I had a, a Dickens trying to figure that out because there are six bands all called Scavenger. Mm. Um, I got from the Encyclopedia Metallicum. Okay. Not to mention The Scavengers, which are a New Zealand band. Okay. So, so I'm not talking... Six bands, six metal bands called the Scavengers. But this is the one we're looking for. They're from Montana. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, I did see that they're from Montana. I thought that was pretty cool. This is such a good album. It makes me sad that this is their... Just because they're unsigned and it's... Yeah. Because I'm like, they're... I hope... Really, really... They get noticed. Good, yeah. Yeah, really good. What is Scavenger? Possibly a concept album about a vulture, but I'm not entirely sure. I don't think that's it. Mm-hmm. But um, Scavenger is a... A fucking stoner prog metal band. Yes. Just heavy, punishing, punchy riffs, but quick. A tap dancing rhino, and that they're like very heavy, but they move very quick. They remind me of like Red Fang and Sleep had a baby. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, by the way, Sleep had an album yeah. on Friday. I'll probably do that next time. The first time I listened to it, it reminded me, I was like, this is kind of like The Sword. Yeah. And then I hit a point where. I changed my mind about that, and then when I listened through it again, it did not sound like The Sword at all. Mm-hmm. Musically, there's not a lot to talk about there other than that prog album. Well, I joke to saying it's a concept album about a vulture. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the songs are about sort of the destruction of material society and sort of living in the aftermath as animals. Whether there's a supernatural element or not, I can't quite tell. They're scavengers. Well, they're scavengers like um, Savage Kingdom... Is it a, a tiger? Is it a woman or a man or what? Mm, I don't know. So, a few notes. Uh, one of the songs, Caustic Solution. I have a note. They talk about the acid burning. Uh, acids are not, in fact, caustic. They're acids. Bases are caustic. Mm. It's all science nerd shit for you. Yeah. Black Hole was my favorite song of the album. Is that like the fourth song? Fourth or fifth. Okay. Yeah, towards the I think I listened to that. It might have been the last song I listened to. Yeah, it has a really cool... Sort of like a guitar solo. That was a cool song. And then it sort of changes up. Catastrophe Bane mm-hmm. is the one where I sort of start to change my mind of what this album sounded like. Uh, that album has an intro that reminds me of King Diamond of all things. Hmm. 
And that's sort of where, you know, our friend, uh, friend of all metalheads, Satan might appear. We talk about demons, excuse me, eating the livestock. And it sort of starts to veer into the, um, you know, the, the Satanistic shock aspects of mm-hmm. some one extent or another common to much metal. earlier metal. And, um, I am the devil. I mean, I would, that'd be good. And then we, you know, we end on uh, the reef, mm-hmm. which is a, I have D&D, I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, not. I know what it means. So the reef is like, it starts out very slow and plotting and builds, ultimately becoming something else. And remarkably, the last note of the reef mm-hmm. is the exact same as the first note of Savage Kingdom, which I found because I had it on uh, re- repeat. Uh-huh. And I thought for a second that they just played the same note, da do do twice in Savage Reef, but they don't. Do they have any vinyl out, or is it just purely digital up on Just there? purely digital. Okay. Like I said, they are, um, they don't have a lot of anything. I hope to see more from them. Yeah, I'm definitely I, buying it. I mean, um, it was great. I really liked it. This was sort of, I picked it random, uh, mainly because I was just searching tags, and I had like five or six things bookmarked. Mm-hmm. And this one I went with because it has a dead rabbit, a dead bunny, and a vulture on the cover. Mm. Say scavenger. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, it's really good. If I like, thought it. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, it was up my alley. I know when you're like, yeah. you think you're gonna like it, and I really yeah. did. Like especially like if you like more classic metal. Yeah. Like pre hair metal metal, or post metal to some extent. More like Black Sabbath esque. Yeah, that like yeah. Um, Reef ends up being very Sabbath esque. Mm-hmm. I know. I gotta start listening to Black Sabbath a little more. Yeah. I haven't listened to them in years. I saw them in '99. Yeah, yeah. I believe uh, Ozzy Osbourne is doing his No More tours. Two tour. I thought about it, but it's probably going to be super expensive. And, I'm sure. And I, I mean, don't know if I want to see him like half. He was good. He was good like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like if he shouts out to his grandbabies. <laughs> My grandbabies. My grandbabies. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sabbath, there's like a whole here and there. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath after the first album, and then like Heaven and Hell, which was the Dio first Dio okay, album. Okay, yeah, yeah. But. I just have one more thing. Mm-hmm. Touche Amore, as I just spit on your microphone. I'm like, Touche Amore came out with a, the single Green this week, actually. Mm-hmm. I guess it was out on Epitaph. And at first I thought it was something out for Record Store Day. Because they, yeah. um, I there's two things I bought for Record Store Day. was they, the Descendant 7-inch and uh, Touche Amore had like a limited edition clear. I'm not even sure what's on it, but I did not see the single on it. It's really cool mm-hmm. vinyl. It's got like... TA uh, etched in it and like this weird, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, I like Touche Amore. Melodic hardcore, post hardcore from Los Angeles. Um, apparently, they wrote this when they were on their last tour, and I really like the song. It's almost uh, like to place it, they're a weird type of band. People either love them or hate them. Um, like Survive By was like really, really melodic. Where I think beating a dead horse in stage four, like closer to what I, I, I would say where where this fits in, it's not very uh, soft or or whatever I would say. Mm-hmm. Not that their stuff's soft. Like Jeremy's screaming more than singing in it as he does in song. Like, he he just changes up some of his stuff. It's got it like it starts out with this melodic beginning and then it, the chorus just sounds like a just hardcore to me, like more of a hardcore chorus. You could tell it's a Touche Amore song. It has that classic Touche feel, but it's not stale. And I appreciate that they're like constantly progressing. Not so much they're abandoning their style, but they're just you know seeing different things, different mm-hmm. style, whatever. So that I like it. There's not too too much. Um, I don't know if you listen to it with 
I liked it, um, but then I was like, oh, I gotta go back and listen to War on Women. Yeah. I literally listened to it like three or four times, but I was like, oh, cool, a Touche Amore song, and I was actually really into it. Mm-hmm. You can even tell, the, um, when I saw Touche Amore, I'm actually seeing him in a couple weeks, Gal Joy was touring with them, and you... Remember those two sig- signals, uh, signals, singles that were out maybe a year ago? Yes. I could totally tell Touche Amore's um, influence on Galjoy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, as I said, Touche's more, like a little more back to uh, a little harder, but uh, it works for them. And I like them. Mm-hmm. Touche Amore. Green. Yes. Check out the single. It's good. Don't confuse it with the REM album. No, it's totally different. It's kind of the same. No, not really. No, it's not. Uh, I liked it. Like I said, I mean, it sort of suffers from getting lost in the pack. Yeah, I, I just went, I didn't have a ton of time, so I, I saw this came out, and I was like, I liked it, mm-hmm. so I wanted to put it out there for people to check out or whatever. So, mm-hmm. and grab the uh, the new uh, record store day exclusive. I'm uh, sorry, folks. I'm ready. It's one eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's getting fucking late in the day. I'm almost at a point where I can, I'm like, I might just start listening to the vinyl. Again, you should. And again, by again, I mean the vinyls like, or vinyl. Vi- both. <laughs> if I get the vinyls on vinyl, it'd be fucking baller. But I got a story to tell. Okay. So it's April when, when the boys' thoughts turn to baseball mm-hmm. and, and boobs. Amore. Yeah. So These girls start wearing their, take off their sweaters and have some uh, tank tops, show some skin. I'm a sweater girl. You're a sweater girl. No, shut up. Like me and Lauren McCall, um, very much a winter. So every now and then I do more out of interest than any real desire. I put myself on Tinder. Yes, I did. For see a little that. adventure, and I didn't talk to you about it because I wanted a microphone in front. That's fine. To get your opinion. Okay. Or just to hear. So this is my Tinder experience. Download the app. Okay. Got a little profile. Take a picture, which admittedly is not my best foot forward. You have to show me. And it's write a little profile. This is David Hasselhoff. It's just a weird. It looks like why is it a one-eyed snake? <laughs> that would be great. Is that snake Pliskin? Get a hit. Okay. And I read the profile, and they like so Tinder. If you're not familiar with Tinder, and I, I know you aren't, Jamie. I know of it. You know of it. I know right but, swipe and left. Swipe. So that, but yeah, but so you fill out your profile, and you can assign an anthem. Okay. A song that's supposed to personify. What? So this woman who. Saw fit to like me. She was wearing a Batman face mask. Okay. So I was like, all right, that might be something. Okay. Her song, I don't remember what it is. I actually took a picture of it on my phone. Okay. It's she shazammed it. I did, well, no, I, I listened to it. So it doesn't play. It's just like... Oh, uh, okay. It's like a MySpace song. After listening to like two minutes, seconds of it, I immediately unmatched. <laughs> it's this excruciating fucking adult contemporary... Like stuff like, I guess... Probably a normal woman who isn't into music, who's my age, would listen to. Okay. Like what kind? Like like Sting-esque? Like, no. Like, like um, somewhere between Celine, like Celine, Celine Dion. Okay. Only worse. Like a less successful Celine Dion. I, I really cannot describe It's adult contemporary. Okay. So just it, not in my thing. And I was like, am I shallow? For doing this, like I am, but I don't care. And I asked a few people, and um, I told uh, Liz about this yesterday because yeah. I got my hair snipped. Yeah, no, I really did. So, like you did actually. I can see that now. That you... She was like, oh, I don't know. Then I told her, Well, it was like this adult contemporary bullshit. She's like, Yeah, no, you made the right choice. <laughs> Here's what I've seen on Tinder. Okay. Thus far, women posting on behalf of her, her and her husband as a couple, looking for a third to participate. Okay. 
At least you're honest. Yeah, being like we went a third. Uh, women. Drive around looking for yeah, hookers. Who are very implicit about wanting someone taller than they are. <laughs> which apparently is a thing. Yeah. Um, what if she's like 6'2"? Yeah, I'm telling you, I saw one who's 5'11 <laughs> and three quarters. Well, I'm like 5'10". But I think, like, you get, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being tall and wanting someone taller. The taller you get, regardless if you're a man or a woman, the more you have to sort of attenuate You're putting your, more filters on it. Yeah, you're filtering unjustly. Yeah. And, you know, the heart wants what it wants. And to some extent, tall is probably... So, uh, did you find anybody them. else? Like, no, I'm not, well, yeah. I'm not done yet because there's a few other subsets. Okay. So, aside from the people who are looking for a third, you'll see women in non-monogamous relationship. Okay. I use women because I'm getting women through my... And occasionally, uh, man. Okay. But I don't know how that works. I thought there's a whole other app for that, which I'd probably do gangbusters on. <laughs> uh, sex workers. Okay. And by sex workers, I mean... Sex workers. Sex workers who are Asian and probably have been trafficked into this country. Well, didn't they shut down Backpage? Yes, Backpage so shut down. I'm wondering if they're going to different apps like yeah. that. And it's funny because I'd seen a... Not funny. It's, but uh, a couple months ago, I watched a documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they talk a lot about how Backpage... They talk a lot about Backpage and it was a woman trying to get Backpage shut down. And they were like, no. I think um, there was talk of getting Craigslist, uh, the meeting, whatever. I thought they pulled their... They might have. Yeah. So women, And then, like, women... And look, I love kids. I would love to have kids. I would have no problem dating someone with children. But, like, when they go, they go to great lengths to make sure you know that their children come first. Yeah. And they have two beautiful and special children or one. And it's like, well, you know, I can appreciate that, but... I don't know. Yeah. No, I see um, what you mean. And then people who are sports fans. Yeah. They're very quick to talk about how they love beers and the Eagles. I'm thinking this isn't for me. I'm a little too off the beaten path personality-wise mm-hmm. to uh, match with someone on... Oh! Piece de resistance. Okay. Someone liked me. Okay. And she sent me a message. And she says, I can see that you... You're friends with my, you know, you're you're connected with my friend Lisa. Okay. So I text back and I'm like, hi, uh, which Lisa? Because I do know a couple Lisas. Uh-huh. And then she goes, she goes, Lisa Bukowski. She's a very beautiful person inside and out and I simply adore her. Okay. That's what she wrote back? Yes. Okay. Do you know this Lisa? No. Okay. I would think it was a scam. Yep, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) At the very least, it was someone... At the very, very least, I don't think that's the case, it was someone trying to get her friend into dating, which I I would be so fucking pissed off. (laughs) Or it was someone not wanting to show a real picture, or it was most likely a scam. An organ Something was a little funky. It was a lot. So I was like, nope. So that was sort of what I've been up to. Any other good matches at all? Nah. I, just, I, mean, like, I would just stick with it and nah, see what you find. Way too picky. You know, yeah, but you could just unfollow. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares? I'm too picky. Yeah. And I'm not really. That's the other thing is I like I like the feeling of power. Why don't you go on like goth chat? There's a metalhead chat. There's a goth one. There's a geek one. I don't know. That could go either way. They could all go either way. Yeah. There's a one for for Jewish people. It's called J-Date. I have seen that. Actually, no, J-Date is pretty big. Yeah, I've seen the commercials uh, for that. There's Christian Mingle. I have seen that. There's Ashley Madison. Yes. Which, by the way, years ago, I did as a joke. 
and it's 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 like a lot of bots. That doesn't surprise like sex bots. No, I'm kidding. Sex bots, yeah. Oh, <laughs> if it's actual sex bots, I, I wouldn't be. Did here you now. see that like clip? Speaking of sex bots, it's like Will Smith talking to this bot, and he like thinks it's hitting on him, but it's not. And it's like, let's be friends. It's really, but it's really fucking creepy. I saw I saw like the headline. I did not actually watch. Oh, uh, look at it. It's um, bad. Yeah. Bad. They're gonna come get us. Mm-hmm. Come get you guys. I'm. Uh... Well, did you watch the first season of Dark Matter? The one sex bot. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, poor sex bots. So you were on Tinder. No, that's good. You just, you know. Yeah. I would just stick on there and see if what, what, yeah. it's at least good to talk and about. And then, and like, oh, this is, this has nothing to do with the, the desirability or lack there of women either way. Mm-hmm. But I notice a lot of people, women on Tinder in my age group, or I guess that I'm seeing, registered nurses. Like a, a weird, like every other one is a registered nurse. That doesn't surprise me because like a lot of them are divorced as they work shitty hours. And yeah. When I worked at a park house, there was a lot of. Yeah. And, it, and occasionally you get one who says something like, the last guy I was with told me my box was pretty tight. And I don't know if he meant, I, this is a quote. And I don't know if he meant, and she actually spells out my, my, my personality or my vagina. Was it like Adele, the innuendo girl? Yeah, basically. One who... You want to squeeze my peaches? You um, know, my boobies? So yeah, and then you know you get a lot of, um, I, I had three or four who were... Uh, S&M people. Ah. Or BDSM. And they're like, I'm into D slash S. Which is is capital D, small S, dominant submission. Oh, okay. With an emphasis on the D. Ooh. I was like, I was like, I only dress uh, as babies <laughs> who are also puppies. <laughs> that combine two things at once. I'd like to see your tin- Tinder account to see. All right. You like, I like, um, David Bowie. No. Kitty Cats. Cancer is on there. Walks in the in the forest, trail walking. No. And I don't know. Um, in the Chelsea Wolf. Chelsea and the Wolves. Oh yeah, so you know. Yeah, um, I had a weird creepy dream. hair dolls and uh, I had a creepy dream about Chelsea Wolf was like super into me and yeah. Then, yeah, it was weird. It was and then you know, how many times do you have like this creepy weird dream? And then you go wake up and then go right back into it where Chelsea Wills being creepy, like trying to be your girlfriend, like and hang out with you and thinking you're super cool. Well, specifically with Chelsea Wolf, never, but <laughs> I've had that experience like one or two times in my life, but like only one or two, like, yeah, like I haven't happened in a long, long time. Yeah. So yeah, that was my cool Chelsea Wolf. Yeah. what she want to do? Was she like, let's go record shopping and think about darkness. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. And it was like a week ago. Um, speaking of a week ago, since we're about to go and we can. Kill yeah. a couple more and minutes. You're worried to be like five minutes this week. So I had a test yeah. all last week, last Monday. Uh-huh. So, you know, I studied my ass off. Thought I did pretty good. I'm like, eh, probably low A at the highest. So I think I got probably solid B. And at the end, my teacher posts all his, um, all the answers so you can go around and look. So I'm like, I know I at least got four to five wrong. I'm sure I got more, but I'm pretty sure I got like a straight B. So I get home, I check my grade, and this is a 66, which is oh. a straight freaking D. I'm like, what the F? Like, I freaked out. I'm like, okay, it's got to be a mistake. Maybe he didn't add something in. I'm just going to chill out. I'll check in a little bit. Go read Victor's story where I'm like mm-hmm. reading Pete the Cat and my voice is just shaking. Like, this is how much of a psycho yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. I get back, it's still 66. Uh-huh. So anyway, if... This grade is sticking. I'm dropping down to a class that for my average would be an 81. I'm just holding on to a B. 
and I have another test and a final. So if I screw them up, I might have to retake this class if I end up like getting less than a C. Yeah. So anyway, the next morning I checked. Well, that night I pounded like three, four vodkas, mm-hmm. like got super pissed off, a little drunk. Then the next morning, you know, I, I was fine, a little, little bit, a little bit hungover. Got Victor to school, and I fucking pounded on the heavy bag. I checked my grade against yeah. sixty six. I'm like, what the fuck. And I could have just waited out thinking it might have been a mistake, but I was just angry. Yeah. So I beat the shit out of this heavy bag, and I go check my grade, and it's an 85. All right. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck? I'm totally relieved, but I have this such an adrenaline yeah. rush. I go and run three miles. Yeah, just to burn it all. And it was like the fastest three miles. Like my uh-huh. third mile was like 8.05. Like I was just burning the yeah. shit out of it. And then like that's when I started getting sick. And I, I originally attributed it to just like working out hard and like having some vodka. Mm-hmm. And then just my stomach was just been shitty for the past week. Just but, churning. Yeah. And then my professor was like, yeah, I saw uh, Ty Seagal last weekend. And everyone was like, who? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, the new album is really good. And he's yeah. like, do you know who he is? I'm like, yeah. yeah. He's like, do you like the OCs? And I was like, you mean the OCs? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, check out their one concert here. So he was like all excited that I yeah. knew his music. Um, Oh, good. I was going to be like, you ever listen to a little podcast called Trash South Street? He's but I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't remember if I talked any smack. I don't think I did. I think I was just saying I was frustrated. That was about yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. And that brings us to <laughs> the usual. You can find us wherever on Facebook is probably the best bet, Trash South Street. Next one, we'll try. We'll have. Soon. Yeah, we'll do another topic. We'll do a topic. I have an idea or two. Cool. It's awesome. I got a show tonight because in H2O yeah. and break away and be. Fun. I don't. I have uh, no, I have to take. <laughs> up. And uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this day before it turns to winter again. Yeah, it's beautiful out. Mm-hmm. And on that note, yep. TSS. Yeah. Trash South Street, you have a wonderful day. Yeah. 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 Yeah.